Today's episode of Brews and the Boys is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash boys. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Welcome to the Brews and the Boys podcast. We are your friendly neighborhood bar podcast. We drink cold beverages. Yes, and we talk about America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Every week we'll be giving you an in-depth look into everything the Cowboys are doing and what we can expect from the Cowboys. My name is Michael Sizemore. I've been following and writing about the Cowboys for many years and currently contribute to Blogging the Boys. You may follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sizemore and follow the podcast at Brews and the Boys. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. He's the Murtaugh to my rigs, Mr. Tom Ryle. Hey. You can find him on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTB. And we're going to just get into it. We're going to talk about the Cowboys' first week of training camp. Uh, as we speak today, the Cowboys will be having their sixth practice. Uh, they've gone through five practices right now. So I think we've have a pretty good idea of what has kind of been taking shape out there. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of different positions, but first I just want to give some uh, news that has been out there today. So Jason Garrett uh, did speak about Randy Gregory has been taken off the uh, the NFI list, um, which is a non-football injury list. He is going to be allowed back into practice, but um, if I'm not mistaken, Tom, Jason Garrett said that they were still going to keep that slow. Uh, I'm sure they're going to keep it very, very measured with him. Uh, you know, the same way they're doing with uh, taking care with Demarcus Lawrence and Sean Lee, uh, and you know, Terrence Williams are taking care of coming back and uh, uh, Kayvon Frazier. You know, this is this is not the time to get people hurt unnecessarily. They've already lost one rookie, uh, and we're seeing all around the NFL people just dropping out, which happens every year. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is not the time to rush anything. It's just exciting that he is on the field because that really starts pointing towards seeing him, if, if not in the first, at least by the second preseason game. Yeah, and when it comes, like you uh, mentioned, when it comes to guys like Sean Lee, I think Garrett's exact words today were, Sean Lee does a great job of getting himself ready to play, but sometimes we have to protect him from himself. Uh, so... That's kind of how they've always looked at the Sean Lee thing because Sean Lee only has one speed, and that's full go. And And I think the, mm-hmm. that Jason Garrett and, the, and the, you know Rod Marinelli, those guys would like him to not get himself involved in, in the fray right now. Yes. Um, so then uh, also you mentioned uh, an injury there. That would be Cedric Wilson since the last time we spoke to you guys. Uh, yeah. That was sixth-round pick. Cedric Wilson tore his labrum, correct, Tom? Uh, yes. Uh, is requiring surgery it's uh going to take uh it's going to put him on the uh preseason injured reserve which means he is eligible to return this year uh yeah so you know that's it's bad news for him um in the sense that he doesn't get to play his rookie year 
but it may work out in the long run for him. It's certainly probably a smart idea to protect his health and give him a chance to come back next year. He gets to draw a paycheck, which is good news for him. He doesn't have to worry about where the money's coming from. And it was going to be tough this year without a little attrition uh, to even make the roster. So that may help them sort things out a little bit. It's not the way they want to do it, but you know, let's look at the bright side here. Yeah, you know, um, you, you look at the bright side, he'll be able to come back next season and see if he can get a roster spot then. You talk about how hard it's going to be to make that roster. You know, you got a lot of receivers out there, and, you know, just off you could off the top of your head, you could name five guys before, five or six guys before Cedric Wilson. So maybe this actually yeah. helps him, like you said, in the long run, helps him make the team next year uh, mm-hmm. when they might have other decisions to make at, at receiver. So, um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's been kind of what's been going on thus far. Um, you know, uh, other than Chaz Green getting nicked here and there, but he really just needed he needed uh, some an IV because he the guy was definitely uh, not. Con- I guess they were worried about his conditioning out on the field because he was uh, needing IVs to get to get because de- he was dehydrated. Um, and then also, if I'm not mistaken, another player got nicked up in yesterday's practice. Uh, but we haven't heard anything negative about that, so maybe he's doing. Maybe he's going to be okay. Uh, Who is that? I'm... I believe that the guy that got nicked up yesterday. Um, I'm looking through my notes here. I'll, I'll come back to it. But um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm like you. It's just it's just been a fire hose of information coming. There's just a yeah. lot going on, and the thing that's that struck me. One thing is that. I saw a, a, a list uh, from John Makota of the Dallas Morning News. He had, uh, he had a list of players who stood out, and his list was Chidobe, Cole Beasley, uh, Zeke, uh, Hearns, Blake Jarwin, uh, Byron Jones, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, and Jihad Ward, which is a pretty good list. I think you might want to kind of toss Charles Tapper in. I think he's kind of surprised people with how well he's been doing. Yeah. But it occurred to me. I can't really think of anybody outside of the guys that have been a little nicked up and Chaz Green, who kind of we figured was going to have a real fight on his hands. Yeah. But who's who's struggling? Uh, I don't know. You know, Brian Broaddus, sorry to interrupt, Tom, but Brian Broaddus mentioned something interesting to me uh, yesterday on his on the Talking Cowboys podcast. He talked about how how he he doesn't remember a a training camp in a long time that the Cowboys didn't have to like stop a lot and tell guys like, okay, guys, you got that wrong. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. Mm -hmm. He says people have made some mistakes, but they're that they correct their mistakes that practices have been flying by because guys know what's expected of them and know how to practice. So it's been with a lot of young guys. That's kind of impressive to me. Yeah. And, uh, uh, John Williams, who's another Cowboys writer out there in the Twitterverse, uh, mentioned that he had saw the same thing. He just couldn't pick out people that were looking bad. Even you know UDFA's that you bear, you have to go look up, look at the roster to figure out their names uh, are making plays and looking good here and there. Yeah. So um, just to go back, the guy that got nicked up yesterday, but I haven't seen anything negative about him, so I think he's okay. Was Taco Charlton? Um, he was holding, okay. I think he just kind of That's uh, right. hurt his hand. His hand. Yeah. He yeah. hurt his hand, but he got, I think I'm not sure if he got back into practice or not, but it doesn't seem like anybody's made a big deal of it. So I would yeah, assume some, that he's okay until be told otherwise. 
And I saw somebody had an illness today, and I'm trying to find that again, but uh, it doesn't sound like it was anything serious. Yeah, so um, before like before we go to our first break and things, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of our impressions of these uh, th- these players. Um, yesterday, you know, was a good day for the defense because so far in, in the first week, uh, the offense kind of had had their hands on things, and and the offense was kind of beating the defense. They would get a few wins here and there, but yesterday. The defense completely shut down any big plays, and you know Chidobi Awuzie had um, mm-hmm. he had two you know pass breakups. Byron Jones snagged an interception, but it wasn't yesterday. Um, Anthony Brown did snag an interception mm-hmm. yesterday, but they determined it was on a play that somebody was offsides. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to get your impression there. You know, the defense finally got themselves a day that they can walk away with saying, you know, they got the victory. Yeah, um, at this point. In training camp, that's not usual. Uh, the defense usually takes a little bit longer to come together, I think. At least mm-hmm. that's been always my impression in the past. Uh, I think this just is speaking, especially because you're seeing so much from the defensive backs, which, of course, is where you have a lot of the uh, the more exciting plays are, are on the pass plays, and when they do their one-on-one drills, it's a lot easier to see what they're doing than it is a couple of linemen going head-to-head. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 D backs, it's like they seem to have just flowered. It's like some master guru of defensive backs has shown up suddenly to. Oh wait a minute! Yeah, yeah. You talk about it, and I think it starts. You know, you you talk about um, the defensive backs. It starts with the the corner play. Byron Jones has been outstanding at, at, on the outside as a perimeter player. Um, and Chidobe uh, Awuzie has been the, every bit of the Cowboys' best cornerback on the field. Yeah. Um, and I, and the most fired up is Chris Richard, who yes. is just uh, has just. I mean, I think this is definitely partly his influence. Certainly, he had a lot to do with getting Byron Jones where he needs to be at cornerback. And, you know, he was he was running down the field with players, encouraging them. Uh, I think it was actually uh, uh, Mark Lilliard who uh, snagged an interception uh, or a strip ball that uh, uh, Leighton Vanderesh caused. Mm-hmm. And he took off and Richard came right along with him and went all the way to the end zone through another set of drills <laughs> that was going on. Yeah, you know, it's been uh, getting, like you talk about Chris Richard and um, you talk about guys that come out to practice and, and just kind of bring it. And I know he's a coach, but he definitely gets the best out of these defensive backs and he gets them fired up. And they've, they've been, you know, really, really fired up over the last couple of days. Um, you know, you're starting to sense uh, with a couple of these uh, these little scuffles here and there that we might have a we might have a Cowboys fight going on pretty soon, even though we've had a few scuffles. Uh, it might get a little bit it might get a little bit testy going there because um, you know Chris Richard, like you said, he's saying a lot of things after those plays that we can't repeat on air. Yeah, so. and he, yeah, and he is jawing at the receivers like someone said. Can you imagine what it would have been like if Des was still yes, there? Yes, how crazy uh, that would be if Des Bryant was still on the team. They would be going back. It would be a between a coach and and a player. Which yep. would be really, really interesting. But you know, Jordan Lewis—he showed everybody in Amazon Prime's um, All or Nothing. He's—he's he's not afraid to get chatty with people. Uh, Chidobi uh, Awuzie, sorry, we keep mispronouncing his name, but Awuzie—he's more of a like kind of a quiet type. He—he he does get a little riled up there. But but Chris Richard is bringing characters out of these guys that they didn't always show beforehand. Yes. 
Yeah. And so yeah. and another area that, um, you know, before before we go that I wanted to talk about was something that's going to make Tom very happy. And that's the offensive line. Um, before we take our first break, the offensive line, Tom, has been dominant. Um, even when yesterday yeah. when, you know, the defense was winning, you like you said, you alluded to the defense was winning those on the back end. They were winning. You know, Jahard Ward beat Connor Williams once, but for the most part, I mean, this this whole, you know, defense being upset and getting their victory yesterday all stemmed from the fact that Tyrone Crawford, uh, Jahad Ward, um, guys, guys like Taco Charlton, they're getting frustrated because this offensive line is stoning them in compete period. Yes, and... Um... They, I, I think that is always been my contention that that's the foundation for the whole team is the offensive line because they key what the offense does. They help control the clock. They open up the running game. They protect the passer. And uh, that is the most important single unit on both sides of the ball. It looks like Connor Williams has come in plugged in and they are just clicking right along like he's been there for five years yeah they talk about how Connor Williams you know might be a little bit lighter they said that he they think they believe he's around um, 305 right now which is what he wants to play at mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like back in the old days with Mark Stepnoski yeah he might have been a little bit lighter you know what you would think that he doesn't have the strength but man Connor Williams is a nasty football player yeah and he's in that same a Tyron Smith mold. Yeah, where they, it's not they, built like a normal offensive lineman supposed to be. No, they look like, you know, really fit linebackers until you realize how freaking big they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of Tyron Smith, uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny that um, out of all the defensive linemen guys that were getting upset about who they were going up against, Demarcus Lawrence play, uh, went up against Tyron Smith quite a few times. Tyron Smith is, is nobody has beat him yet. Just nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody has beat him yet. And Demarcus Lawrence was kind of funny about it, where he was like telling the guys that were getting upset, the linemen that were getting upset, getting beat by Lyle Collins and other guys. Ty- Demarcus Lawrence was like, "Bro, I'm not even going to waste waste my my efforts. I'm not going to get angry. This is Tyron Smith. He's the best left tackle in football. I expect him to do this to me. It just means that <laughs> everything else is going to be easier, you know, from that yes. point on. So, and I think that's the way to look at it. You're going up against. These guys are going up against offensive linemen. I mean, they're competitive, so I know their juices get flowing. They're competitive juices. They want to win, Tom. But you're going up against guys like, you know, Ty- Tyron Smith, you know, not going to give up a lot of victories. Zach Martin, no. Travis Frederick. And I've been hearing great things about Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be funny because I think the flip side of that is that in when we see in the preseason games, when it gets to where you're playing the second and third stringers, those guys on the opposing team's offensive line are going to wonder what hit them. Yeah, exactly. Because the, because these defensive linemen are going to be going like, oh, piece of cake. Yeah, this is so much easier than what I have to face on a daily basis in practice. Yeah, that yep. kind of seems what it's been like before. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some uh, skill positions like wide receivers and stuff. We'll be back on the Bruise and the Boys podcast. Hey there, Cowboys Nation. Timmy Two-Step of Shway Media and the Bruise and the Boys podcast here with a deal that you do not want to pass up. Are you ready for this? 
Right now, Audible is offering you, the listeners of the Brews and the Boys podcast, a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Our host, Michael Sizemore, and I highly recommend Boys Will Be Boys, The Glory Days and Party Nights of the Dallas Cowboys Dynasty by Jeff Perlman and narrated by Arthur Morey. I would give you a synopsis of the book, but I think the title is pretty self-explanatory, don't you think? All you need to do to get your free audiobook today is go to audibletrial.com backslash boys. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash boys for your free audiobook. And now, back to the show. And we are back. It is me, Mr. Sizemore. You can find me on Twitter at M-R-S-I-S-E-M-O-R-E. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime. I have Tom Ryle. You can find him yep. at Tom Ryle BTB. We're talking about the Cowboys training camp. Um, we moving on from the defensive lines and offensive line. We got to talk about some of these receivers because I, I believe that some of these receivers have been very impressive. And I want to start... Um, with, you know, Alan Hearns, the guy that the Cowboys got in free agency. They've been playing him mainly out of the slot. But Alan Hearns has, has made some really tough catches, and he's looked like he could be somewhat of a weapon out there, especially when they're lining Cole Beasley up on the outside and Alan Hearns in the slot. What do you make of that, Tom? Um, I am kind of excited about that, uh, you know, because the, one of the things that we were promised – and we're hoping to see was that uh, they would uh, have um, a different approach, that we would see a different lineup, that we would not see the same thing all the time, and that it would be all unpredictable. And I think it's finally happening. Yeah, I would so. agree with you. I think that they're kind of trying to do what a lot of NFL teams do, Tom, and create mismatches there. Yes, and I think that we're seeing that going. I was trying to pull up uh, something very interesting that uh, our good friend One Cool Customer did mm-hmm. uh, that uh, somebody, I think it was uh, uh, is from the, the Best Coast Boys podcast, which I'm not too sure who is uh, I know Cool's involved in that. Yeah. But somebody took notes on the first team personnel groupings yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, One Cool Customer deciphered it. And uh, it was showing some of the interesting lineups they had. Uh, lots of empty backfields. Yeah. Uh, it showed, and you know, um, it showed the guess which receiver was on the field more than anybody else. Cole Beasley. Tavon Austin. Wow. See. Yeah. Tavon... Be- Beasley. Go Beasley ahead. and Hearns were probably neck and neck uh, for a second. Uh, but Austin actually had a, um, one or two more snaps than anybody else. Yeah, and, and you know they shown. I saw some of Tavon Austin. Tom, they're not um, they're not just p- uh, p- pegging Tom or t- pegging Tavon Austin. I should say as a like quick guy on quick routes. They were sending him nope. deep, and he was catching them. Yeah, there was a, a great uh, little uh, video of of uh, Dak throwing ball yeah. and just laying it right into his hands and and you know Tavon Austin on that play that you're talking about Tavon didn't do much of anything he just has the speed to just blow right by guys and they couldn't like get their they had to turn and run a lot quicker than they're used to uh with mm-hmm. with Tavon Austin and he just beat them deep even though they had a safety over the top they just couldn't they, he just got behind the defense they couldn't find him and he did a he did a nice job of coming through with that um which would have been a touchdown so yeah um, that yeah. was pretty nice by him. 
you know, you were talking earlier about uh, the fact that that uh, Wilson getting hurt may benefit him in the long run. Um, and, you know, going again, looking at this list of who was on the first team, you know, you had Austin Beasley Hearns, Deontay Thompson, who has come on fairly strong and is another guy that brings that speed that can take the top off of a defense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Terrence Williams got a couple of. And so did Lance Lenoir and Michael Gallup. Gallup. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Michael Gallup real quick because he was one of my favorite players that the Cowboys drafted, even though he was not somebody that we covered over and over again on BTB. Um, But Michael Gallup, I'm I'm writing a column. I wrote a column about him today. I, I just noticing all the times that he comes up on your, you know, your timelines. If you're up on Twitter, go, go follow the, um, you know, Cowboys beat writers, uh, training camp, because you're going to find a lot of Michael Gallup there. What impressed me most is that regardless if Michael Gallup was going up against the ones, twos, and threes, first off, he beat Byron Jones in his first rep against Byron Jones, beat him cleanly to across the across the middle to catch a DAC, uh, DAC pass, and then Gallup also showed later on that he that he could go and you know beat another beat the second team defense, and he sat right on him. Uh, right there with with and caught the ball in traffic and held through the through the catch even um, through the contact. I just feel that Michael Gallup, it, for a guy who's a rookie, he's been very impressive early on because he shows you the things that you heard Sanjay Lau talk about. He shows you that he's got a huge understanding for route concepts and how to like get himself open early and later into progressions. And Dak Prescott has kind of kind of made a little bit of a rapport with 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 Gallup when he's been out there just because Gallup always kind of finds a way to to get open against really good coverage so I thought he's yeah. been impressive yeah I you're not seeing him get as many snaps right now because he's a rookie yes and he they're making him work his way in mm-hmm. but I think he's going to move up the depth chart fairly quickly mm-hmm. uh, and you you know, a, 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 a couple, three weeks ago, everybody was all saying, well, Dallas doesn't have a no, number one wide receiver. They don't know what they're going to do. They've got the worst wide receiving core in football. Yeah, I think right now uh, people who have been watching training camp are starting to feel a lot better about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think between Gallup and Hearns, they're not going to have to worry about finding a number one wide receiver because those two guys are going to make themselves uh, yeah. basically 1A and 1B, I think, before the end of the year. You know, Beasley is just doing everything. He's once again back to, you know, if you can get the ball to his hands, it's a catch. Yeah, he's uh, been lights out through training camp so far. And, like, nobody can cover him. And, yeah, and it, it's funny because if, if you're uh, one of those people that wants to work on a 53-man projection, this little chart that uh, OCC put up, probably will give you the indications you know you've got uh, Zeke Elliott your starting mm-hmm. running back of course Olawali's your fullback he's got Swaim Swaim and Jarwin were taking snaps there was at least one tight end and frequently two on the field uh, of course Dalton Schultz has been off uh, having uh, being father new father so he'll be back soon and he's going to make it mm-hmm. you're you're looking at this your top seven wide receivers are Hearns Beasley Thompson Austin, Williams, Lenore, and Gallup. Yeah. You could probably run with that. It's just a matter of whether there's going to be that seventh wide receiver in the group. Yeah, and you know, I want to um I want to switch back to the defense for a second here. I've been very very impressed with the 
explosivity that they have at linebacker. Um, even yeah. even though Sean Lee is not really getting into these team team drills yet, I mean you watch you watch them put them those guys on the field even in just a little bit of walkthrough and stuff. They they look they look menacing as as can be for one because you got you got Leighton Vander Esch and I and I'm writing I wrote a column on BTB two talking about the linebackers and just what you can expect from them and I call Sean Lee you know he's like the cerebral assassin for this team like mm-hmm. everything kind of goes through him I think the most important positions on a on a Rod Marinelli defense is going to be your under tackle your defensive tackle at three tech and your your will uh, weak side linebacker your will which is Sean Lee. Uh, then I talk about Leighton Vandresh. Leighton Vandresh, I think the Cowboys trust him. The coaches trust him better in coverage than they do Jalen Smith just yet. Um, mm-hmm. Even though Jalen Smith is getting a lot of his, you know, he, he's getting a lot of his explosion back, um, and he doesn't look hindered at all at this point. He doesn't have that giddy up that he had last year in his step, that little hitch in his step. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have, you know. Jalen, like, you know, Leighton Vandresh and Jalen have been kind of interchanging at middle linebacker. And they, mm-hmm. and we already know that the Cowboys plan on using um, Leighton Vandresh, Sean Lee, and Jalen Smith on the field at the same time because it's something that Chris Richard liked to mm-hmm. do. And Jalen Smith can be a pass rusher because they know he can get home, which gives the yeah. Cowboys options at linebacker because they feel that they finally have the talent there to be able to make it work. Yeah. It was an interesting uh, note that came out. Uh, Sean Lee wasn't on the field. They were putting Joe Thomas in as the weak side and keeping uh, Vanderesh and Jalen um, in at uh, rotating in at Mike, uh, which might be an eye uh, kind of give us an indication of how they're thinking for yeah. when they're running two linebackers. That they they want those two guys focusing on the Mike yeah. for the uh, the nickel sets. Yeah, they believe. I think that they believe Jalen is better at run defense. And they believe that Leighton Vanderesh is better because Jalen has that take on that Vanderesh doesn't have yet that he's learning. But they believe Vanderesh is better in coverage. Um, so if they wanted a guy to cover from side sideline to sideline, they believe that they have that with Vanderesh. Um, so you 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 mentioned earlier you mentioned Deontay Thompson as as a receiver that's been kind of coming on strong. He has uh, Tavon Austin we mentioned as well, and uh, Cole Beasley. Just to go back to Cole Beasley for a second, he's been really really impressive to me um, mm-hmm. just because everywhere that they're asking him to line up he said the other day that it was it was the hardest practice he remembers going through um, because he was so he was asked to do so many different things that he has never been asked to do before that he was mm-hmm. really really like you know zonked out after after practice like very very tired um, yeah. and I just think that that's that's amazing to hear because you want to hear that your coaches are trying to get this team that one thing that the offense needs for sure creativity they needed you know something different um are we going to even do you even want to mention the des bryant tirade from last week or do, or we want to move nah. on from that yeah the, who, who? <laughs> yeah exactly um but you look at everyone thinks that the cowboys are such an easy offense to kind of figure out because oh you know they're going to run it with the ball mm-hmm. uh, zeke elliott yeah well you know they've started to get ezekiel elliott going in the passing game a little bit more too and i think that that's another sanjay lal addition because get the ball in the hands of your best playmakers and they're probably never going to let you down yeah and i hope that that sticks because i think uh I've seen there have been several people writing about the fact that uh, Zeke has been very underutilized in the passing game, and it may be time to get him in, which gives you a whole new dimension 
Yeah. I mean, he's he's scary in the open field. You know, you let him get ahead of steam and some space to work with, and defensive backs start having nightmares. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, there was, there's something else I wanted to throw out that that I happened to run across. Uh, uh, Bobby Belt, another one of our our, our Twitter Twitter colleagues. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about the reputable ones here. We try to help you. Yeah, weed Bobby out Belt's a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, he had a list of a possible defensive alignment you could see at some time during the year. Uh, Taco Charlton and Randy Gregory as your defensive ends. Jihad Ward and Malik Collins your tackles. Jalen Smith and LVE are together at linebacker for this for this combination. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Byron Jones, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods, and Kayvon Frazier as your uh, secondary. What yeah. do they all have in common? They're all on their rookie contracts. Wow. Yeah. This yeah this is a young and in more and more looking like a talented team. Uh, that's not just looking good this year. They're getting set up for some years to come. Yeah, and you know another thing that I wanted to mention because I think there are people out there that are a little curious. Um, Dan Bailey, you know, for <laughs> Dan Bailey had his struggles towards the end of last season. I don't think he ever really felt healthy um, at the end of last season. He was dealing with the back. He was dealing with the hamstring, all that. But Dan Bailey missed his first field goal out at practice, and he <laughs> hasn't missed one ever since. Yeah, I think that made him mad. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> I think, eleven. I think he's eleven of twelve as of yesterday. Um, and yeah, he's made he's made longs over fifty yards and stuff like that. Um, but Dan Bailey seems to seems to be pretty. Uh, like you said, when he lost that first one, uh, didn't make the first one. He seemed pretty pissed off after that, and he's been uh, lights out ever since uh, with the field goals. So Dan Bailey, I think, is uh, getting back to. I don't think anyone was ever really didn't doubt Dan Bailey's ability. It was more of Dan Bailey's belief in himself. So it's yeah, kind of nice to see him. Whether his health was going to be okay and his confidence was going to be okay. So I think that's a, I think that's an excellent sign. Uh, like I said, at the moment, you don't have a lot of negative storylines. Now, we still no. got a lot of camp. We got the preseason games. Uh, you know, injuries are a part of life, and all we can do is knock on wood and hope that we don't see any really bad ones to, to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. But this has just been a remarkably upbeat training camp. Yes, it has. Um, but before we before we get out of here, Tom, I want to ask you um, what mm-hmm. position, I'm going to ask you what position you feel the best about and what position you feel a little uneasy about. So I want you to go ahead and give me yours. Uh, gosh. I feel really good right now about the defensive backs, cornerback in particular. I think the Cowboys are looking at having a scary secondary. I think they're going to uh, people are going to start worrying about how they can move the ball against these guys. Uh, as for who I'm worried about, I'm not terribly worried. I'm a little concerned about depth at tight end because I think they've only got three mm-hmm. and they need three to go into the season. But keep and in defen- mind that Olawale is an H back as well. So Yes. And defensive tackle is a little skimpy right now. That's mine. But, defensive tackle yeah. would be mine. I'm just kind of yeah. worried that that's going to keep the defense from being able to get to what we want them to be just because mm-hmm. those linebackers are good, but you really need some guys in the middle. I'm thinking like maybe you possibly need to try Coney Ely because like you've said before, he's yeah. a big guy. Yeah, but Ely is, Ely's been one of the guys. He hasn't exactly been 
struggling, but he just hasn't been showing what people thought they were going to see. Yeah, I think he's suddenly a guy that's really on the bubble. Yeah, uh, especially with Charles Tapper coming on Mm -hmm. uh, very well the last few uh, practices, and hopefully going to be healthy this year. Uh, So uh, the the good news there is that Ward is turning out to be as good or better than they expected. Yeah, and I would feel very confident, Tom, if you could put Jihad Ward next to Malik Collins. I'd feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd feel okay about that. And I and I know Brian Price was the butt of one of those Travis Frederick body slam videos. He's Travis Frederick, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's the best center in football. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think Brian Price... And- a bad option to have in there mm-hmm. uh you know we're gonna have to see what happens uh in the preseason games and everything mm-hmm. uh the, the depth is is right now you know it's a you get a little nervous when you don't have a little bit much but they've got positions they have a lot of depth at right now which has not always been the case yeah true uh, the cowboys have been kind of notorious for having a really good starters but yeah what happens when somebody gets hurt yeah this year you, you're feeling just you feel like things are in a lot better shape yeah. uh, in most positions. I mean, you know, you're even seeing uh, that, that, you know, I had been hoping that we saw a Cooper Rush, Mike White battle for QB2, and it looks like that's shaping up, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that you can judge a lot of training camp by how efficient your backup quarterbacks can be because they're mm-hmm. going to be the ones that get a lot of reps because they're going to play a lot in the preseason. So yeah. by seeing these guys kind of like, you know, dish it out out there, it, it's kind of it, it makes you feel confidence. But the reason that like for the reason that you feel confident in the secondary and the defensive backs is kind of like to me, the reason I, I feel confident in the receivers. I feel like yeah. they're going up against some good defensive backs, some yes. guys that are not, you know, not easy to win against. Um, and, and I think that like we feel about the defensive line going up against the offensive line. I think that the receivers are going to see that not all coverage is just as good as what they're seeing right now. Yeah. And that some guys that they're going to go up against, they're going to feel like, Oh, well I can beat I can beat this guy because he's, he's not chomping at me. They're, they're going up against the hardest. I think the hardest secondary coach there is. Yeah. So, somebody, uh, somebody used the line iron sharpen sharpens iron again. Yes. There you and go. That's, we're, we're seeing a lot of that. And yeah. And, and the other thing is that, that, the 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 plan with Sanjay Lal and the receivers certainly seems to be working because everyone's talking about the route yes. positive manner. They're yes. talking about how they're able to get open. Exactly, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much all we got for you guys today. Uh, <laughs> Tom and I will be back with you guys um, probably at some point next week just to discuss the second week of training camp. Uh, remember that you can find. All training camp stuff you need at Blogging the Boys. You can find Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB. You can find me at Mr. Sizemore. And you can find the show at Brews and the Boys. Um, we want you guys to remember to uh, leave a review on iTunes or any of your um, any place, any platform that you can leave a review. It really helps us uh, out a ton, enables us to bring you the best shows possible. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Brews and the Boys and bruisingtheboys.com for updates on all things Dallas Cowboys. Have a great night, Cowboys Nation. Now this is podcasting.